RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. On this program, we've already talked about fluoride twice, and we're going to talk about it a third time with Andy Wickers and Tracy Coxhead, who are joining us. They are elected councillors at the Western Bay of Plenty District Council. And the story revolves around the council. They've been ordered, one of 14 councils by the Ministry of Health, to fluoridate two of its water supplies as part of the annual plan process, which included funding to carry out the orders. Submissions were received from local residents against fluoridation. The council, as part of reviewing submissions, had to make a decision to respond to the submissions. So that's what this is all about. Andy and Tracy, welcome to Reality Check Radio. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Okay, so so the the Ministry of Health wants the Western Bay of Plenty District Council to fluoridate its water, right? That's what they want. Yeah, so we're both councillors on, on the Western Bay Council, District Council. Um, and in terms of background, so, of course, as part of our annual plan, we've done consultation, gone out to the community and done um, consultation in person. But during, through that process, we, we received 12 submissions um, concerned about the fluoride appearing, or the budget coming into the budget for the annual plan. Hmm. And um, so um, a group of people who were concerned about fluoride came into one of our workshops and did a um, five-minute stint in the public forum, which probably turned into, it was our annual plan stuff, sorry, uh, but it turned into more like a probably 15-minute speech because they brought in an amazing doctor who um, probably was instrumental in um, influencing the decision from the other councillors to be fair. So anyway, the next thing that came up was um, it was the 14th of June and we had on our issues and options paper to consider for the annual plan, um, putting putting in the budget for the cost of the fluoridation. And I'll let Andy talk about that because mm-hmm. um, we've got two um, water supplies that they want um, fluoridated out of nine in the district. And I'd, so I'd seen it come up and so I'd written, there was only the two options. One was, yes, we just do it, or two, we don't do it, and Andy will talk about the consequences of that. And I thought, no, we need a third one, so I put in that, um, so I um, put in an additional option where we would seek an exemption. And this is just based on community feedback and the feeling in the community. And, um, and there really is, it's quite a polarising subject. So it was something I felt we really need to do and take count of what our community was saying. So I'll let Andy take over on the technical stuff unless you've got questions. Well, well, well first of all, um, what are the residents, what do they want, do you think, in terms of, well, you know, yeah. is there a demand to have their those two water supplies fluoridated. Do they want that? Well, we we received 12 submissions and one in person with a contingent and they spoke against it. Um, we haven't had anybody come forward and say they want it. Yeah, okay. All right. Andy? Yeah, so the um, the discussion was had, in, um, which was one of many discussions on that day about various submissions. So the, the one on the fluoridation, the... Um, there were a number of points raised through to the discussion processes by various um, uh, councillors um, in regard to uh, supporting the uh, request for an exemption. So, the um, yeah, do you want me to go through those? Yeah, why not? Let's let's hear hear what you're dealing with. Yeah, just briefly. So, um, 
is legislation around hazardous substances and new organisations. There has no legislation, um, and that it requires a precautionary approach um, that whatever uh, substances you're using, you have to take into account the need for caution and managing the effects where there is scientific and technical uncertainty. So that is that is an obligation placed on the council when dealing with chemicals, basically. And it would be fair to say, and we've heard from experts here, uh, not from just here but overseas as well, that there is evidence that suggests caution should be exercised. It would appear that um, there is uncertainty, and so it is um, an obligation on the council to uh, take that into account. And the, the order from central government overrides that. The second one is um, was a question just around why these two particular water supplies. Yeah, why? I was thinking that you got nine. Why only two? Uh, we don't. We we assume that we will be ordered to do the rest, but we don't know why those two particular were chosen. It would appear that it is um, the reasoning from central government is that um, it's based on uh, where the most effect would be, but. The, it did raise question marks from councillors who know those areas. So so where the, the most effect would be, is that with the, the most people with bad teeth are? That would be the assumption, and I think it, mm. it was mentioned that it could be based on some form of um, deprivation index. And does that connect with the supplies? I mean, intuitively, does that connect with the people I don't that the supplies um, service? I don't. I personally don't know those areas well enough to to know that. Do you, Tracy? Um, look, in terms of the areas, I, I would have thought there were two areas that they would have focused on. To yeah. be honest, at, at either end of the district. So I, I, I'm bemused as to yeah. why they chose those two as well. Yeah. Right. So, so there there were unanswered questions from that. Um, another councillor raised the issue that it was a dental hygiene um, was the actual issue there, and that there were more uh, direct direct ways to to solve that and the, the mention of uh, you know the funding that was required to put in fluoridation would provide a lot of uh, education and toothbrushes and fluoride pills for people who wanted it. And uh, stop drinking um, fizzy drinks. Yes, well, uh, <laughs> you could probably argue that it's sugary drinks that are the problem. Why don't they just put fluoride in those? But um, Yeah, because there's no point in, in, in protecting people's teeth when they're going out to the supermarket and wheeling trolley loads of coke out, out the door. Just no, and, and to that, Paul, um, it's come up in Tauranga before, so we're not Tauranga Council, we're Western Bay District, but it's it's come up in 2016 and they had an overwhelming um, pushback against having fluoride in the water, so it wasn't put in then. Um, and the argument became, well, in Tauranga, it's, it hasn't been fluoridated, fluoridated, I don't think, since 1992. And we have one of the best dental health records in the country, whereas compared to another region, which I won't name, but another region which has fluoride in the water, and they've got one of the worst. So they so, don't. So, so there's no real evidence that even this has any effect at all. I think we can say, right? No, I, I believe you're right. It's diet and you know fizzy drinks and whatnot. So why hammer at home so much? Do you think? Why is the Ministry of Health obsessed, possessed with wanting to fluoridate water supplies if it doesn't work? No comment from me. Yeah, I, I think it comes back to... <laughs> yeah. No comment. But you've got to ask the question. You've got to ask the question. The government knows best, Paul. 
Okay. Well, that Come makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for clearing <laughs> that one up. Yeah. You will note that not only did we seek an exemption, we asked that the um, government uh, provide us with uh, more information and opportunity to um, to question them. I bet you they won't be able to. Hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting. You're right. Hmm. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Carry on. So the next um, the next issue was the um, uh, that those who don't want fluoride in the, their water will have to find an alternative supply or pay for costly filtration to remove it. Even though they're paying rates, some of them or indirectly through their rentals or whatever. Uh, yes. So yeah. So Western Bay have a fixed charge on connection and then a volume charge on the amount used. Right. Okay. Yep. So that was that point. And then um, another point was raised that um, it was um, another example of an undemocratic government that's in play at the moment where um, it's just being dictated with no um, input from people. And um, I went and actually had a look. They, they ref the central government did reference some documents and um, I, found, I found this uh, gem there. So um, the Director General of Health is not obliged to undertake consultation when they use their powers under the Health Act to direct local authorities in relation to public health. And that is from the um, a, a government paper listed in support of the the process that they were going through. So they can just do anything they want? Pretty much. So they've mandated 14 councils, trying so to bring it up from, and I, I don't really understand these numbers if I'm honest, but to bring up the, the nation's um, number of people fluoridated from 50% to 61%. So, and we don't know how they've selected 14 councils because from what I've read, only 21 out of the 67 currently have fluoride in their water anyway. So yeah, it doesn't quite add up to me. Well, we know that uh, fluoride can lower IQ points by up to seven points. So if you want to dumb the nation down, that's the way to do it. Just saying. <laughs> so you're saying the water might be fluoridated in Wellington? <laughs> well, I think it probably is. But that is mm -hmm. one of the known risks. So why would yeah. you want to lower the IQ of certain, I don't know, parts of the population? I don't know. Potentially, mm. anyway. Maybe you're getting too smart in those two areas. You're sounding conspiratorial there. Well, with, with, with overreach like you're describing, what, what <laughs> other alternative is there? Okay, so we'll carry on. Um, next point raised was that there were strong submissions requesting no uh, fluoridation and there were no submissions uh, requesting it. So there was that point. Raised. That's interesting. That's interesting, yeah. And then the next point raised that it was uh, mass medication and it removed personal responsibility and that this was a, um, a potential breach of the right to refuse medical treatment. Bodily autonomy. The next point raised was... Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The next point raised was it's not universally accepted as safe and there are very few countries that mandate it. There's only three in the world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ireland, uh, Irish Republic, sorry, Northern Ireland, Israel and Singapore. Okay. Yep. And then the uh, last point was that it was likely that very little of the fluoridated water will be consumed by those who need it the most. Yeah, which crosses back over to the mass medication. Yeah. Yeah. 
And actually, one of the submitters made a really good point. Um, she emailed us after the like we'd pushed back on the council, and she said she was concerned about because she grows her own vegetables and herbs and whatnot. And she was really concerned about watering a garden with fluoridated water as well, which you don't really always think about that. You think about drinking water because, okay, you, you could put something on your um, tap and take the fluoride out of the water, which is not cheap and, and unnecessary, obviously, but but you can't do it on every tap in your house, can you? Or every, and you can't do it on your shower either. So, well, you could, but I mean, who's going to do that? So, you know, taking it out is just a ridiculous exercise. Whereas if you don't put it in and people want to take fluoride because they believe it's better for their teeth and their children's teeth, they can use fluoridated toothpaste or pay $14.50 for 100 fluoride tablets. Yeah, there are alternatives that are easily accessed. Um, yes, that's for sure. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I suppose any agriculture that's hooked up to a a water supply that is fluoridated is spray, spraying the stuff all over there. Absolutely, yeah. all over projects. That's right. Yeah. yeah, cows will be drinking it, and yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Oh, they yeah. really wanted to get in. Don't they? Yeah. Mm. All right. Sorry, Andy. Um, any more to? So those those were the points. Those were the points raised in the meeting during the um the the debate time um after Tracy's amendment to to effectively introduce the third option around the exemption. So after that discussion happened and a bit of discussion with the staff around the practicalities of how this would play out, um, it was put to the vote and the um, the chairman recorded a vote of 10 um, in favour of the exemption and seeking more information and two against. Well, that's a good result, isn't it? Mm, yeah, we were blown Did that away. surprise you? Yes, very. I thought we'd probably scrape in maybe with a majority, but I didn't expect to be such a large majority. But as I said, you know, I actually think it was in large part due to the fantastic presentation from the doctor who came in and spoke to it. Okay, so where does that leave everything now, given that um, <laughs> the council could be ending up paying money out for this as fines and fees? So. Where Not does that yet. leave you? No, but no, that's, a, that's a possibility, yeah. right? Well, no. I mean, what we're doing is a submission um, seeking an exemption first, and so we've got to go through that step. But it's not until mid-next year that we have to start implementing anyway. So this is really just putting it in the budget. So we do have time because, you know, obviously that's not tenable. But, yeah, I would assume we're not going to get an exemption. As part of the practical discussions from the staff was around the um, – that you know they we've been ordered to do it by the government, and so it's a a, a lawful requirement for us to do it. <clears throat> and that, as a council myself, I'm going. I couldn't justify uh, spending 200k of and six uh, 10k uh, a day of ratepayers' money to to fight this. So um, if if at the end of the day the exemption is not successful, um, we will be forced to to carry out. Mm. Oh dear. Pardon the pun, but I think a lot of water's going to go under the bridge before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully non-fluoridated water. Yes. <laughs> um, what are the chances of getting that exemption? Do you think? I think they're slim to none, to be honest. But it's just it's delaying the process at this point. And having read a bit more of the documentation um, from the government side, um, the reason why it's gone to an order from the Director of Health is because um, local council was, they were struggling to get um, 
effectively consistency across councils. Uh, there was too much pushback. There were legal challenges in the High Court that were won by local councils. And so the, this is the, the mechanism just to remove that totally with no um, no recourse to, to local democracy. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if people don't want it, end of story, isn't it? Should be anyway. Well, I would have thought so. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a good outcome, you know. I mean, it, and it seems so unnecessary. It's just, yeah, it's hard to fathom, to be honest, why why it's being imposed. And you said that the other districts will succumb, probably, or they'll want to do the other districts as well, and the other supplies within the district. Yeah, so you go. That has been the indication from the staff that that will be the expectation and that its role, they can only do two water supplies a year just from a purely practical point of view of um, um, the resourcing of uh, installation. How much does it cost to put fluoride in the water? (laughs) (laughs) So for our council to to do the two water supplies, it's... um, just around that 500k um, mark, and then um, 60k a year to um, actually operate it. Who gets the money? Well, at this stage, it's not a given that central government will fund it. So um, it's it's possible that we we are in the process of applying for funding to cover it. Um, but at the end of the day, it will be a ratepayer cost. Yeah, but who does the work? Who who supplies the the chemical, who benefits? Do we know? I don't know for sure. I did um, just looking up the back to the hazardous substance um, register. I found that the, the uh, data sheet from Exxon. Sorry, the name of that again? Uh, Exxon. Exxon, their chemical company, obviously. I X O M. Okay, all right. But I don't know if they are the supplier, but um, but there right. will be a. A, a company supplying the uh, chemical. And the other interesting thing is the the funding, uh, well, the the fund, the slash fund, if you like, at central government's only eleven point three million. There's fourteen councils, so our cost would be what you say around about a million for five hundred k. Yeah, and then sixty k a year. I think you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you could yeah. find a better spend for five hundred k. Absolutely. Right. Brushes, locals. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's really interesting. Remind us how long you have to wait to understand the exemption outcome. So um, I would anticipate this will um, go to a workshop where council the councillors will discuss um, a submission to central government. So there'll be wording, uh, wording put down and a submission sent and a request for the uh, central government to provide more information. So... Um, which they won't be able to. Yeah, and so that will be a you know, process that will happen over the next time period. Um, I'd say that... be a month before we even see the submission. Yeah, but all think. those teeth are rotting in the meantime, Tracy and Andy. Yes. What are we going to do about that? It's all on us, I'm afraid, Paul. Yeah. I'm afraid you're destroying kids' teeth. Yeah, we're terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be really interesting to see how that that turns out. What do you think about the community? Is it something that the community could really come out and and have a, a voice on more than just you know represented in votes and council, but you know out on the street? Like, you can't do this. 
You think that's a possibility? Yeah, well, I would have liked to have done a poll or, um, you know, just, yeah, yeah, a district or even um, a referendum of some sort. But you'd think a referendum, I'm not sure of the cost. I think it's reasonably expensive. Yeah, exactly. It'd be less than 500K, though. Yeah, well, that's right. But I think it's, I think it's large, around about the same cost as a by election would cost. So, you know, or some sort of poll, you know, where people, where we're directing people to the website to vote. And, and I don't think that would have been expensive. So that would have been my preference. So we did have a good temperature check on the whole community. But but again, I mean, the, the fact that 12 people came forward and, and a large contingent in public forum, that, and no one else spoke against it, and I don't even know if anyone else knows. Okay, well, maybe more people will know after this. Any yes, Anything sorry. else that, anything we've missed? Anything more you want to say? Um, no, I think. I think that pretty much sums it up, Paul. Um, very much appreciate you um, talking to us as well. No, um, any time. Um, I think the issue for our audience, along with the concerns about possible damage to bodies, is the compulsory medication of people using mm -hmm. a fundamental right to life, you know, um, commodity, which is, well, commodity is the wrong word, um, you know, life-sustaining thing like water. Yeah, I, I mean, that's really going to the fundamentals of life, and I don't think people should, well, I've got my opinions, but I think people naturally feel uncomfortable with that. Mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Go buy some toothpaste or all the pills and stop drinking the Coke. Yeah, no, you're 100% on the money there. I mean, it's definitely related to diet and sugar. Exactly. And you can't save everybody from themselves in the end at the expense yeah. of all, all the people looking after themselves. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Andy Wickers and Tracy Coxhead, Western Bay of Plenty Councillors. That's really interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.